0: Hey guys, welcome back to your favorite anime podcast, Ichiraku Dwellers. My name is Talon, and I'm here with some cool guys. Rustin. Cheeseburger. Josh. What's up, guys? And Dakota. Why am I last? Today we'll be deviling into Howl's Moving Castle. So, first of all, was there anything that you guys noticed that stuck out to you guys?
1: That stuck out? The art style was completely different from other shows or animes that I've watched recently. I really love the art style of this whole movie.
0: I really liked how it was kind of like on a canvas, like everything's flowed really nicely as well. It kind of reminded me of like Bob Ross paintings, if that makes sense. Made you feel at home? Absolutely, yeah. It made me just feel kind of
2: warm and cozy. I really liked the design of the actual castle. It reminded
3: me of the castle from Black Clover, where the Black Bull stayed. You know, that possibly could have been where they got their uh, inspiration, because I'm pretty sure this movie came out way before Black Clover did. I have it up right now. It is 2004. It for sure came out. So they probably got their inspiration if we did a little research for it. And I feel like the castle
0: actually represents maybe like Howl's feelings about himself. Like, it felt like it's always moving. He's constantly trying to be safe and keep his companions safe. But anytime he, like, stops, it just completely shuts down. I don't know if y'all remember that scene when it parked itself. Everything just kind of, like, not broke, but everything just kind of,
1: like, fell splat. Do you guys think, like, what do you think of when you think of a castle?
3: First word, moat. (laughs)
2: Exactly. Exactly. Um, I always think of, you know, you know, medieval where very squarish, big castle, like big wall and towers on each corner.
3: Like, uh, what's her name? Um, Like Sophie thought what she thought a castle would be is what you're picturing. Yes, I I believe so. What did she think it looked like? I can't remember that part. She just thought it was the big wizard towers, the giant walls, the the. Giant stairs leading up to the main entrance, just your basic castle. Got you. Uh, Anyone have a favorite scene they want to talk about?
2: I think my favorite scene was whenever the Scarecrow man showed up, Turnip Head, and Sophie had to pull him out whenever she was just trying to find a cane. She just saw a stick and she was like, man, that would be a good stick to make a cane out of. But no, it was just Turnip Head. Yeah,
0: Turniphead was a really big presence in this film. Even though he was kind of like a side character,
3: the final scene with him, spoilers, whenever he was stopping them from falling off the cliff, and he just the stick kept dr- going away, it kept shortening. It was a very sad moment. I thought I thought we were going to lose Turniphead. I thought he was a goner. How the how the movie was going, I thought for sure we were going to lose Turniphead. Yeah, I got very sad during the very end part.
1: I just really love the fact that he just kept coming back throughout the whole movie. He could have just completely left if he really wanted to.
3: I wouldn't say he could have left because he he fell in love with Sophie. And he knew, I mean, I guess he didn't really know how to break the spell. But he fell in love with her, so he wanted to protect her also. He wanted to be there in the need of her help. I think another scene that kind of reflects
0: on his feelings towards Sophie is when he held the umbrella for her in the rain when she was crying. I thought that was a very touching scene because he just came out of nowhere at that point.
3: Anytime you don't expect Turniped, Turniped's coming.
0: What'd y'all think about him turning into a prince and actually being the end of the war? I think that kind of came out of nowhere, but it was a good thing because Turniped
2: is, you know, everyone's favorite. So a good ending with for him is
0: a good ending for everyone. Would you even call it a good ending? Because it felt like he was just Heading off to another war, and he didn't even get the girl that he loved. That is true.
2: I feel bad for Turnip Head because he doesn't get the one he loves. But he didn't seem that distraught. He kind of walked away and was like, you know what?
0: I'm going to go talk to the king and end this war. Yeah, he even said he was going to come back, I believe. At least maybe visit just to make sure she's doing okay.
1: I was really surprised when he actually turned back to a human. I had no clue what was going on.
0: Yeah, just like Josh said, it, it just came out of nowhere for me as well. I was not expecting that whatsoever. I just thought he was a scarecrow.
3: It gave me Disney Channel vibes.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's just like the princess and the frog. The Hatter and the Scarecrow.
1: My goodness. The hat Shop! Oh my goodness. I really love that hat chop. It was just so cute. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I know it wasn't really touched on in the movie. But Sophie actually had some powers and she was actually giving some of her magic towards the hats. Like she was creating the hats and giving them personalities based on who she thought would wear them because she had this innate sense of magic within her that she didn't even know about, which I thought was interesting. And whenever the Witch of the Waste actually came in, she had noticed that there was so much magic and that Sophie was the cause of of it all. And that was actually part of what led to her cursing her. Because in the movie, it feels like she just caught Cursed for no reason. I did not realize that because
2: I just thought that she was just a normal person, you know, living her normal life. But
3: the witch was mad because she caught the eye of Hal. That was my thought process also. I thought it was she got mad. she'd seen her or her minions had seen her with Hal. And the whole time she was wanting Hal's heart. And she got a little jealous. Yeah, that was a creepy obsession, in my opinion.
1: I had a new fear unlocked because of that spell. It would me. It made me so feel so weird. Imagine just having a spell cast on you, and you just you're old, just like immediately.
0: Well, do you know what the spell actually was? Like how it affected Sophie? And what was it? It seemed like the spell was tied to her self esteem. So anytime she felt like she was good, that she was pretty that she was in love. And anytime that happened, she would turn into her younger self. And something that my boyfriend brought up anytime that she went to sleep, maybe it's because her mind isn't actively thinking about herself. And that causes her to be young again because she's not like stressing about what other people think about her.
2: Do you know why it is that her hair stayed gray or silver? I couldn't tell you. Do you have any theories on that? Actually, I think there was a part in the movie that Hal was talking about it looking like stars and there was a visual like representation of, you know, when Calcifer went away like at the end and all these
0: like, there was all these stars. I believe I remember like seeing a bunch of stars uh, throughout the movie. I think it, primarily it was to do with uh, the falling stars at the end, but also it seemed that Solv- Solomon, uh, the old lady in the wheelchair, sorceress, she also seemed to have some kind of deal with shooting stars because when she like trapped Howell and Sophie in that like very oceany place, I remember seeing them all just being everywhere. They were like surrounded with these stars. That is true.
1: I thought her hair staying gray was because it, re- it was a reminder of what she went through with the curse.
0: It could absolutely be a side effect because even the Witch of the Way, she didn't know what she did. She didn't know how to fix it. She was just fucking shit up and not giving a shit, you know?
3: I just thought she had gray hair because she wanted to keep the drip. (laughs) Gray hair looks better in all hats. That, That could be true, especially like a flower hat, you know? That's what I'm saying. Gray just, it would clash with the colors amazingly. But, uh... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this away for something real quick. Um, one of the mo- main parts I hated of the movie oh? was the mother. I hated her mom. The way she sold out her daughter to get rich and then instantly felt regret for selling her out. I don't even know if that was regret. She like she said sorry, but I don't even think like, she like meant it. You know, Because if she meant it, she wouldn't have done it. I say regret. It was more of a... Like a... Nah, nah I, don't even, I don't even know how to really prena- like, say it. Maybe she just felt like the tiniest sense
0: of compassion just because they're family, but her greed like won her over. Which doesn't make sense, because there's something else that wasn't touched in uh, the anime too much. Apparently there's like this very superstitious rule of three. Anytime there's a sibling group with three individuals, the oldest child basically gets a bad rap for them. And that's what Sophie was. So she. Her mother separated her other two siblings away from her, got them other jobs just so that Sophie wouldn't bring them down and bring their careers down, bring their lives down. So Sophie was pretty much trapped at that hat shop.
2: At the beginning, whenever Sophie was like, she left the hat shop and she was talking to someone, was that her mom that was like, Why don't you get something else to do with your life? Or is that just like, a person that worked at that shop, or something. One
3: of her friends. I do believe it was her mother, because she had her she had her kids with her. She had her sisters. From what I would assume, it was her sisters.
1: I also wanted to ask you guys: Did you guys notice that the hat kind of looks like Luffy's hat, but just with like a little bit of decorations <laughs> on it?
0: <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. It must have taken uh, some roots with uh, One Piece, or maybe taken inspiration.
2: Yeah, as soon as she put the hat on, I just yelled,
3: Luffy! Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving the pirates in the past episode. Come on now.
2: Oh yeah, sorry about that. I think my... Other than, you know, the first and second uh favorite characters, which are, you know, Calcifer and Turnipet, I think my other favorite character is the Witch of the Waste later in the movie... Because she has some funny things that she
3: does, and she's, she's just kind of chill. So you like the character that had no relevance, really? <laughs> she, was just, she was just along for the ride at the end. I mean, she was a key, like a big part of um, Calcifer with the, with, the, with the cigarette. She did almost kill Calcifer.
0: Yeah, she almost killed Calcifer. I forgot it. She almost killed him twice. Because the first time she fed Calcifer, that like snake looking thing that Solomon crafted, and then she also
3: tried to steal his heart. I completely forgot about that first one. I don't know how you can like her too much. She kind of she kind of brought the whole downward spiral of the castle. It was all about her attacks on opportunity. <laughs> she was just hanging out. See, now, if you said a favorite character was more like a uh, Markle, you know who was literally just clutch, showed Sophie how to fit in with the group, gave her guidance to how Hal was feeling, and was just a little brother to Sophie.
0: Marco was a good character.
3: They had a really nice relationship.
1: I think another character that I really liked was Heen, the little dog. He gave the movie just a little bit of comic relief.
3: Always the dogs with you.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
3: I thought it was funny how
0: Sophie had to drag Heen all the way up the stairs. Like, that was so unnecessary. But I also liked how Heen guided her to Solomon so that she wouldn't be trapped in the same way that the Witch of the Waste was in that moment. Because if you remember from that scene, the Witch of the Waste actually lost her powers after that ritual. So it was kind of like Solomon was trying to, she was just trying to guide them to their separate paths so that. They would each meet their certain end, if that makes sense. Yeah, because the, the Wicked Witch was, you know,
2: a bad person, <laughs> <laughs> so, to, so to speak. So I guess they had to, they lured her there to get rid of her. And then Heen
0: was just like, hey, come this way. What'd y'all think of the ritual that
3: happened, like with all the dancing spirits? Make the Wicked Witch lose her powers? Mm-hmm. It was gorgeous. It was a pretty sight, but other than that, I had no other thoughts of it. I thought it was gorgeous
0: as well. Uh, just comparing it also to like when Hal almost lost his powers as well.
1: I thought it was really cool when I got when she went into the room and then it started getting super bright everywhere. Mm-hmm. What is
2: Hal's power? Did it come from Calcifer So,
0: are you talking about, like, his sorcerer power? Bird. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that was even discussed in the book, funny enough. I couldn't find much on the bird part. Rustin, did you have any ideas on that?
1: Uh, I could not find anything either. But that dude got some fucking riz. Wasn't he chasing after
0: the witch, or was it always the opposite? He was too scared to chase anybody. He would always run away from them. She was chasing him. Fair, fair. In the book, he's depicted more as a womanizer, and so the Witch of the Waste actually like made herself look gorgeous for him, but when he realized that what she really looked like, he, he dipped. And then hmm. that's part of why she was so upset and so jealous of Sophie, because she wanted his attention,
3: but couldn't get it as her real self. You say what you're telling me is Hal's at the bottom of the character list? As in favorite-wise? Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't hate him. I think he's got a lot of character growth. I think everybody in this movie and even the book had so much character growth. I feel like there's also like a motif of change that's seen all throughout because Hal seemed to be extremely narcissistic in the beginning, but then he transferred to actually thinking about others. Calcifer also, he seemed to be pretty. Maybe Hal and Calcifer just shared the same mindset. Because they were tied together for so long. Maybe their emotions were tethered. I don't know. There seems to be a
2: lot of people that were cursed and like demons in this world. Is that just, you know, because they're the main cast? Or do you think that
0: there are a lot of people who are cursed throughout the world? I feel like the fantasy setting, there's just a lot of, you know, magic all around Um, I mean, even the political empire, they're trying to utilize this magic to fund their war efforts. So I feel like with magic being everywhere, there's, of course, going to be people that are cursed, people that know magic, people that are hiding. I just feel like Hal was just one of the wizards that wanted to get away from it all. And that's why he made the moving castle. He's just trying to run.
1: Going back to the castle. Did you guys notice how dirty that shit was in there?
3: It was a little dirty. A little? He was never home.
2: Wasn't the bathroom full of spells, or what, what did she clean that
0: had spells in it? I know he, he focused a lot on his looks, and that's why Calcifer was so upset any time that Howell wanted hot water in the bath, because he knew that he'd have to fuel that bath of hot water for hours, you know? Because he's always using potions to make himself look better.
1: Didn't she also mix up all of his potions in different orders and he couldn't tell which ones were which?
2: Yeah, he was saying something about that because she cleaned everything and moved it where he had it all in a specific order that most people can relate to. I have my room in a
0: specific order and if anybody messes with it, it'll, you know, get in the way. Yeah, just because it looks messy to one person doesn't mean it's not organized to another uh, what y'all think about the doorway to several places? I thought that that was a
2: cool design. I, I don't really know how it worked because the one time that, or there was multiple times, but one time when they broke down the door, the, like the Royal Guard or somebody, they ended up just being in a empty, like plot of land after the going
0: through the door. So The way I think that worked is as long as, you know, in the howl, in the castle, in the moving castle, the door is switched to a certain area, then it will open up to that place. So you would have to have it set to the color whatever for Pendragon to actually appear. As long as that color was not shown, then it would just be a completely random area.
1: I really love that door because you could just be living in a town somewhere. I think you could just spin it and you could just be out in like a meadow in the mm-hmm. middle of
0: nowhere. I thought that was really clever cuz he actually whenever they moved house, they moved into Sophie's old house or at least that's what the house was based off of. Was it the whole house? I thought it was just her room. It may have been just the room, but I want to say it could have been the whole house just to make her feel more at home.
2: I think they just upgraded everything to a good looking house and then had her room because once Hal opened up that door or Sophie opened up the door she was like oh my gosh this is my room
0: what y'all think about when he almost just left her and abandoned
3: her in the meadow area when he took her to the flowers Mm -hmm. I don't think he was trying to leave her I mean he he made it a priority to protect her and take her straight to the door Well, before that. Yeah, that
0: was only whenever he noticed the battleships. He didn't know they were going to be there. He didn't expect them to be there.
3: Well, then I think it would have been fine. I didn't think anything of it because, like, he didn't take her far from the door. She knew where the door was. She could get back at any time she had wanted to. Maybe he just wanted her to find peace. I think
2: Hal was going somewhere, like, and not coming back to the castle, it seemed like. because. He had it all set up to where she could
0: like go back and forth, but I don't think she'd be able to go back and forth, though, because if you think about it before, he let Markle and Heen out to one of the towns, and then he turned the knob, and whenever that color changes, the door that Markle is at can't be opened to the moving castle, so I think that he was trying to do the same thing with Sophie. So that he could keep her safe in his own way because he was too scared of her getting hurt in his presence. Hmm. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Going completely off topic, I learned a new phrase, I believe in Japanese. Ooh. And it's called Onichan. I believe <laughs> that's how you pronounce it. I had never heard that before. And now I know it means older sister. I'm so proud of myself. Good job.
1: Thank you. <laughs> How did you guys feel about Hal's like, powers?
2: I thought he was pretty powerful because he could, even though it's a ritual, he changed the whole castle and he was able to grow a whole meadow of flowers or help grow a whole meadow of flowers for whenever he was going to leave her in that meadow at that house. And the bird version of him, that's pretty powerful. He was destroying all those flying ships and stuff with it.
1: I think when he turned into the big bird was the scariest thing for me because sometimes he just he was he had trouble like turning back into himself.
0: Yeah, Sophie's dream freaked me out whenever they showed like the mouth and how like sharp his teeth were. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I was also confused because she was young in the dream. And I was like, how does this spell work? And then she woke up and I was like, okay, that makes sense. She was still old, just in her dream state. It hadn't taken effect yet.
1: Yeah, I was very confused about the spell for most of the movie, though. Something
0: else I want to touch on uh, hats in this movie. Was there anything y'all noticed that was like kind of peculiar about all the hats that were shown?
1: I didn't really notice anything about them.
0: It seemed like just a lot of random things had hats. So the, the main ones that I want to talk about are the, the waste blobs that uh, the Witch of the Waste created or manifested. Um, they all had hats. And at first when I was watching it, I thought they were just Sophie's personal demons because she was trying so hard to get away from the hat shop. Um, the other one that I noticed were the lizard cannons on the battleships. All of those like creatures, like I don't know if they were demons. I don't know if they were just actual lizards, but they all had hats, too. I thought that was strange.
3: I didn't even recognize that.
2: Are you talking about the lizards that like shoot out of the back of the ships? Yes. Yes. I guess I didn't pay that much attention to the lizards. I
3: can pull up a picture right now and show you guys.
1: I also do not remember the lizards.
3: I remember the lizards. It's whenever they were in the garden. I just don't remember really
2: the design of the lizards. I, n- I remember the lizards and how they, they come out of the back of the ship and House grabs Sophie and throws her into the door. But it's cool that Talon saw that they actually had hats and it kind
0: of represents... I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. I don't even know what they mean. I just thought that was a little strange. Uh, the only other character that I noticed had a hat was uh, Turnip Head. Um, but his hat was completely different from all the others. So I didn't even really pay attention
3: to that, you know. But I think he had a hat for strictly for the scarecrow reasons.
0: Mm-hmm. Majority of
3: scarecrows have the top hat or some sort of, some form of hat. Straw hat. Nobody has a straw hat. Sophie does.
2: Except
0: for Sophie.
1: Her main hat is a straw hat.
0: Oh, okay. I just found a picture. I'm going to send it to you guys real quick.
1: Okay, let's see this.
0: Oh! Yeah, these aren't okay. the lizards. Uh, I couldn't find one of the lizards, but these were some of the ones that were running around. I thought it was strange that they had hats. Those are pretty fancy hats. hmm I want to say the lizard ones had the same hat. It's like a top hat.
1: Do they also have, like, masks on? I'm going
2: to say those are their nose. I'm sa- I think they're they're bats. It they looks like bats. They got big ears, a nose, and a hat on their nose.
1: Oh my gosh! Now I see what Josh is talking about. They do just look like giant noses.
0: <laughs> yeah, some of the creatures in this were just really freaky. I didn't know how to feel. I thought it was cute how Heen was able to fly around with his ears. So it kind of reminded me of Dumbo. Yeah, and that just shows that he was lazy and just wanted sophie to carry him up those stairs mm-hmm. well maybe he can't fly maybe it's like just a hover thing kind of like what those flying squirrels do they can't go up but they can go far he flew up onto the the bike ah okay onto the lady the the witch of the waste
1: did you guys like Kelsifer's like true form after he was freed
0: 100 percent. i thought that was really clever seeing him as a shooting star or maybe just a falling star I mean, maybe it's just because magic manifests in so many ways in this movie, or at least in this universe. I would have never thought that, like, comets would house such creatures. Do you think his name's Calcifer
2: because of all the calcium he's getting from (laughs) eggshells? That's my theory. Do eggshells give calcium?
1: That shit would make me throw up.
0: (laughs) I got a couple other things that I'm thinking about. Um, So we know there's a lot of different kind of old people in this movie, right? There are some old people. Yes. So the two main ones that I can think of are Sophie, at least when she's cursed, as well as the Wicked Witch of the Waste. In most media in America, they utilize old women specifically to symbolize certain ideals, such as like, what's the word that's not energetic?
2: Unenergetic. Thank you, Josh. Un- I don't
0: know what it is. They kind of flip the theme of old women in this movie on its hat, if you'll say. So Sophie is portrayed as a very strong individual when she's in her old form, as you could say. She seems to have quite a bit of energy as well. It's even mentioned while the witch and sophie are climbing the stairs that the witch is surprised that sophie even has the energy to keep going when she's just so you know weak um it also shows like going back to sophie and the witch sophie throughout the whole movie is kind and compassionate while the witch of the waste usually most of the time if not all the time even when she is senile She is jealous. She is negative. She wants everything for herself. So, I don't know, I thought that was really interesting how they portrayed old women as both strong and healthy, as well as vice versa.
1: You were just talking about the scene about uh, where they were walking up the giant stairs to get up to the, the castle, right?
0: Yes, that was the main one.
1: When you think back on that scene, do you remember that she also was carrying Heme up those stairs the whole time also?
0: Hmm. And she was able to do it so much faster. I also thought it was really cool how nice she was being to the witch, even
3: after the spell that she cast on her. She's a strong-willed woman. She's making her way up there. Hmm. She commented on Heen being
2: uh, heavier than he looks. You think that's just because she's used to being young and now she's old, or that he's not really a dog?
0: Because she also thought it was how, so I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, I remember how Solomon used utilized Heen as a spy. So it's really strange how you would just use a dog as a spy. I don't know if like she was speaking with animals or something, and that's how it worked, or if she literally cursed someone to become that dog. Because we've seen curses all throughout this movie. Who's to say
3: there's not one more?
1: I really hope that's not the that's not the truth not heen
3: i mean sullivan was a dirty mage i say dirty mage she did what needed to be done she was looking out for the kingdom and maybe heen was a criminal at one point and they made a plea deal maybe over the years he's gotten better but who's to say he wasn't the first wicked witch of the waste
2: free my boy heen (laughs) who do you guys think
0: cursed turnip head Ooh, that's interesting. That could have been anybody. Maybe Solomon did it to start up the war because she didn't seem that surprised when Keen reported that he was found. What do y'all think? It could have been Solomon or it just could have been one of the...
2: Earlier in the movie, I think Hal brought up that some of the wizards of, I think, the other kingdom turned into monsters like gave up their humanity to become monsters to get more powerful
0: Mm -hmm. so it could have been one of them probably maybe when they revert wizards and witches they siphon some of their power and that's how they utilize it for their war efforts because if you remember solomon specifically invited the witch of the waste and howl so that she could kill them both or at least take their power away so maybe that's what they were doing to all the witches and the wizards. She could be doing that because she was
2: trying to take out How also along with the witch. Let's talk
3: about war. Was there anything that popped up for you guys? Avatar the Last Airbender. Explain. It felt like Avatar the Last Airbender. <laughs> oh my goodness. There was only two kingdoms. Well, yeah, but then it, during the war, it was basically the Fire Nation versus everybody who formed into one.
1: What was the guy's name that, like, the owner of this company?
2: Of the animation studio?
1: Yeah, the animation studio. Me, Miyazaki or something? Uh, the whole war thing was Miyazaki's critique of the Iraq War. That's what I looked up and read about.
0: I could definitely see it, because it felt like the war in this... Was pretty unnecessary, you know? And I guess a lot of people could probably look at the Iraq war as the same. That definitely feels like the main villain in this anime. Uh, war is the main villain, not even Solomon. War is the enemy, because it's always brought up.
1: I really like that the movie openly depicts war as like the big bad thing, and nobody was like morally right during the whole thing.
0: What'd y'all think of the... I know we talked about the design of the castle. What'd y'all think of the battleship design? It looked kind of weird. It looked like a fish.
3: Yeah, I thought all the flappy parts of it were a little freaky. Like, a, like, a, like, a, like it was a boat. It was a flying boat, basically. Like It was people just using the paddles to push through the air.
1: I also really love the little like flying machines where they had to get away on. Oh yeah,
0: those were really cool. They kind of reminded me of, uh, I can't remember what they're called, but the Star Wars vehicles that like hovered in the air. Oh yeah? Those were dope. I think they were just
2: called speeders.
1: That makes sense. <laughs> I don't know why, the, the battleship kind of reminds me of like a jellyfish.
0: I could see it. It definitely moves like it should be underwater. I thought it was interesting how they made the warships so much different from House Castle. Because they're both really techy, if that makes sense. But one looks like it's all the worst parts of technology. And then one looks like maybe it's like some of the best. Yeah, it definitely look like the royal one. The
2: battleships were more top of the line, well built. Not like
0: Hal's beautiful creation. Mm-hmm. Howl's looks a lot more industrial. And obviously the battleships look more militarized.
1: I really like the battleship color scheme of the whole thing.
0: All right. I think the only character we haven't really touched too much on is Calcifer. Was there anything else that y'all liked about Calcifer? Everything about Calcifer was good.
3: You could say he brought a fire to the crew.
0: I thought it was cute when Sophie, uh, I wouldn't even say tried, she succeeded in cooking on his flames. And it it was cool to see that she had a bit of control over him just because she was nice. And also maybe she just didn't give a fuck anymore because she was old. She didn't care what people thought. I think she actually brought that up. She's like,
2: it's hard to be scared when you're reached this age, even though she never really, you know, grew to that age. She's just automatically there.
1: I really love when Kelsifer was freed. He could have just left, but he came back. After
0: like 0.5 seconds. I thought that was so silly. And he got a kiss. The kissing. She kissed everybody at the end. Did y'all notice that? (laughs) She (laughs) for the streets. Everybody. She all for the streets. Friends right. kiss. Friends kiss. Nah, nah. I saw, I saw her touch lips with Calcifer. Don't even talk. What? A little spicy. Yeah, those lips turned and met. But no, she, she kissed Turniped. She kissed Howl. She kissed um, Calcifer. I, I hope she didn't kiss Markle. She didn't kiss the dog. She kissed the witch. No, no. She, she, she kissed the witch when uh, she gave back the heart. I'm almost positive. She kissed everybody, bro.
3: Hey, sometimes we all need a little kiss in our life.
2: The witch was a little messed up at that time. She didn't really know what was
0: going on. She just wanted that heart for herself. I don't know. I feel like she still knew everything. All the spell did, or at least what Solomon said it did, it just sucked her power away. And it just turned her her real age. I think her real age was a little bit above 100. Just a little bit, maybe. (laughs) Well, you think she would just pass away? Or maybe that's just like in this fantasy world they can live up to that long you know she was just blessed with a healthy my healthy long life uh but yeah going back to calcifer and the kiss i thought it was cute how he would always blush because there was another moment when sophie was at the top of the stairs and she said something and winked and it made calcifer like like shudder and you saw sparks go like off of his body and he kind of turned a different color flame which i thought was really clever.
2: Yeah, I know there was one point where she said something to him and he like got all fired up.
3: hmm. So if he'd just be inspiring the whole group. I was sad
2: whenever the house was all falling apart. They upgraded the house just for it to be like maybe 20 minutes later just for the house to fall
0: apart. Mm hmm. Well, I, I don't think it like was too hard for him to make that house, right? Especially since Calcifers decided to stay. It's cool now that it's able to fly, gives it a little bit more mobility, and it maybe signifies that they're not necessarily running from anyone anymore or anything. So, the last thing that I noticed that was like kind of a big part of this movie was like the theme of compassion. Sophie was able to find compassion with anything and anybody, which I thought was really nice. Every time that Turnip
2: Head showed up, like during the beginning, we're everywhere actually. Like the first time, he gave Sophie an umbrella. And then whenever she was trying to get onto the castle, she lost her shawl and Turn of Head brought it back to her.
3: I'd say a little small moment of compassion was whenever she was cooking breakfast, and Hal stepped in and made everybody breakfast and made sure everybody was eating fresh, home cooked meal, which Markle hadn't said they hadn't had in a long time.
1: I'm thinking she showed a little bit of compassion to Heen when he couldn't go up the stairs.
0: I was surprised they even brought Heen on the castle, to be honest. I really thought they were just going to leave him out to dry. It wouldn't make the most sense since Heen is working for Solomon. But even maybe Heen was able to show compassion through changing his thoughts or maybe their you know journey in life. It just showed that... Life is always worth living, you know, and that humans can be compassionate, even if some people have like nihilistic views. It's just a heartwarming message, I thought. All right, Rustin, I hear that you got a couple announcements uh, based on the last episode of our podcast. You want to jump in?
1: After we came out with the first episode, they came out with a new casting for season two of the live action One Piece for Doctor Karia Chopper's mom. And she will be played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Are you guys excited for this? Uh, What were some, like, things that she was in? I can't really... Halloween. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah,
0: it looks like they're putting a lot of, like, high... Like, what do you call those people that are, like, big people? Big name actors, actresses. Yeah. Big name people. Big fish. All right, guys, that about does it this week for your weekly digest of Ichiraku Dwellers. I really hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, Big thanks to the guys for joining me today. Uh, Josh, Dakota, Rustin. Really appreciate y'all for being here and bringing your own perspective to the table uh, because this was a really cool movie by Studio Ghibli and I'm excited to see more of it in the future. Um, But yeah, we hope y'all had a wonderful time with us today and we hope to see y'all next week. See ya. Adios. Peace out. Bye-bye.